Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We're in. Good. Bing, bang, bosh. Sophie, you're zooming in from overseas. No, you're zooming in over from... the land. Over the land. Over the land. County Clare, County Clare. I am in a barn. Uh, it is a lovely barn. It has been lightly converted. I would say not lightly. Not an overhaul. Spared no expense. Spared, spared, spared some, some expense. expense. Uh, no, no, it's really lovely, but it's it's quite cold. But now I've taken the edge off the coldness today. I've wised up and I set, I did a fire at lunchtime, uh, not just of the building, but in the stove. And um, You're keeping got, her lit. Keeping her lit. I've got two hot water bottles at night. I'll give you a full talk through my outfit. Now, this is my usual writing attire. So I've got my overalls mm-hmm. love it leggings under it, love Very a good. double gusset top yeah Knit, nitty blanky it's basically a blanket with sleeves cardigan that'll now soak up any spills on the desk is the only problem mm. with those sleeves <laughs> do you know what the sleeves do as well they burn real easy <laughs> so they do so they do got a lot of socks on guys uh the old cat just within reach but uh the the biggest indicator of the cold yet 
something I texted Jen about. And the funny thing is now, because you were like, oh, you should tell everyone on the record. And I, <laughs> when the event took place, I had been like, I don't know, there's only a few people in my life that I think I could really tell this to. And I selected the people. And I was like, I think Seb needs a text about this. And I think Jen and Louise need a text about this. I what even I thought, yeah, I thought what I, me? I was about to say, I thought I was sparing. I'd spare Cass. But now it looks like, is this a main feed? Am I about to spare about 20,000 people? No? Yeah. No, yeah. Let's do, let's spill. Spill. What is okay. it? This is, like I said, it's quite a cold place that I'm in. Um, steam rising from the tampon I had just taken out of my body. <laughs> I absolutely love that, I have to say. I can, <laughs> I, I can picture it. That's I what I imagine it. now a winter trip in the caravan would be. I just haven't I haven't done it yet. Yeah, it's coming. Don't you're you're well able. We're all well able. We're like, robust women of survival. Yeah. Survivors. I am not. I am I am a shingle with a head and oh. I have <laughs> just about surviving. Look. How is the shingles, Shingleton? Uh, they're clearing up now. Thanks for asking. Again, maybe this, I'd say by next week now, I can touch other humans again and feel things, Talk emotions about. and pleasure. And happiness. And happiness. Pe- happiness would be great. Glad to see we're still sponsored by Diet Coke, even outside of our studio. Absolutely. The Diet Cokes come with me everywhere. I am a bit concerned about my fruit gum stores. They are dwindling faster than I anticipated. This is maybe the cold factor should should make them last longer. Leave them out. Uh, leave them out a windowsill or something. Mm. No, you don't like them cold. You need the body uh, temperature. No, no, I like them quite chilled, but uh, I just don't want I, there's some cats. I'm friends with the cats but I don't want them to like make off with any of my possessions. A cat wouldn't go near a fruit gum. No, (laughs) no, never, never, ever a danger of that. Okay. I have a very lovely, I was gifted an image um, by none other than Harry. Uh, I'm just going to put it in our, our chat so we can all love that for us. So it's something, I'll just give you guys a couple of hints at what it is you're about to see. So it's Mm -hmm. two of my favorite things. Okay. One Mm -hmm. item, sartorial. One, a long-standing fave creep of mine. What? And they're they're kind of those two things combined. What could they be? Let's have an old look. Opening a Twitter link. Where did you pop it? Oh, Oh. it's WhatsApp. Wow, is all I can say. Wow. (laughs) It's a pair of jeans, Sophs. Jesus Christ, this is insensitive. <laughs> and upon each leg is adorned an image of a flaming 9 11 tower. Center. That uh, is something else. It oh really is, God. Sophie. It really is, bloody is. Is it possible that those jeans exist? Of course I... it's possible. If not, you can get them printed for. On uh, on those sites where you can print your own photos onto things. Now, yeah. I will say a photo that size, you know, that kind of that's like a vinyl print on top of denim. 
that is going to make it hard to sit down and bend your knees. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. and not breathable, I would say. Not breathable at factory. all. Sorry, oh, my God. And also they, well, I suppose I'm like, would they work sitting down? But I suppose if you were sitting down, you could kind of be illustrating a kind of a collapse. Mm. It's uh, they're wonderful. And thanks, I, Harry. Creep of thank the week. You, Harry. The creep of the week is, of course, Harry. <laughs> yes. Always. I've got a lads. I have a bit. I have a creepier version of Harry and uh, potentially what Harry would be if he was sort of a straight elderly man. Never. The Washington Post have written the most hilarious. I'll just read some of it to you. The clatter of Katie Peters shopping cart drowned out any sound from the man behind her. She didn't see him as he sneaked up and she didn't hear anything as he pulled out his weapon. But she felt really a sharp thought pain. you pulled out his willy. Well, wait for this, Cass. Uh, she felt a sharp pain in her buttock. I'm sorry, wait, I, I can't focus. I found another pair it? of 911 jeans <laughs> and they're even worse because they're pedal pushers. Do you remember pedal <sighs> pushers? Oh my God. I'm really sorry. Just that I, I, just, I just couldn't focus because I just had seen the pedal pusher jeans and I was like, oh my God. No. <laughs> Come back to me. So I've, I've given you just, I've given you guys a little link to it. Oh, let's have a look. Um, okay. Oh, sorry. I just had to get that off my chest straight away. Oh, they are catastrophically worse. There's a fringing at the bottom of the pedal pusher. It's the image doesn't stretch the length of the gene. It appears to be homemade versus an, a vinyl image. Disaster. Disaster. Um, okay. Back it looks okay, like back you pissed yourself as well with the smoke. It does. The, the placement of the smoke over the crotch genuinely does look like urine spreading. Mm. We'll send that back to Harry now. Okay. I Okay, back to Katie. I knocked whatever it was behind me, she said in an interview, and turned around to see my attacker. I started yelling at him and asked whether he burned me with a cigarette. And he said, yeah, it feels like a bee sting, doesn't it? But it wasn't a cigarette because what it was was a syringe full of Thomas Stamen's semen. What? what? That. <laughs> so what he'd done is jipped into a load of syringes, put a little needle on top, hit the supermarket and stabbed Katie in the ass with his uh, vial full of semen. And uh, he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. So the police went back to his gaff and they were like, all right, well, what's he got here? He his bed was adorned by vials of his own semen on the wall behind him in some sort of like a hanging garden of Babylon type uh, nightmarish scene. And um, he's in prison now for 10 years. Rest in Rightly peace. So. But like how close is stamen to semen anyway? Weird, and even when it? you think about the stamen of a flower, sure, that's the, only the penis of the flower. Maybe right. sometimes the clues are all in front of you laid bare. It's, it was written in the stars kind of thing. Be careful yeah. what you name your child. Uh, no anyway. choice with the second name. Lads, this week I have a thumping time traveling creep if you wish, if you wish me to give it yes. to you. Yeah, go for it. Well, do you want to quickly hear, have you heard this story? It's kind of unfolding as, as, um, as this week uh, about the cop in the former Virginia State Trooper 
who catfished no. a teenager. No. So, um, yeah, a U.S. police officer posed as a 17 year old boy online asking a teenage Californian girl for nude photos um, before he drove across the country and killed her mother and grandparents, set fire to her home. Holy um, shit. His name was Jesus. Austin Lee. Yeah. And, and like it looks like the plan was to kidnap her. So Austin Lee Edwards was 28. Uh, he was killed in a shootout with um, San Bernardino Sheriff's deputies. The 15 year old girl from Riverside, California, was rescued and is in counseling for trauma. Um, other extended family members have said. So it appears that the police officer or sheriff, whatever you want to call him, posed online. Um, and was trying to engage in romantic relationships, romantic relationship with that specific girl, probably others, and obtain her personal information by deceiving her with a false identity. Mm. Um, they there's no additional details about their communications, but it has been. Uh, it's unclear whether sorry this was the girl's first in-person encounter with Edwards or whether she was aware that he was coming to California. So whether he turned up at the house or whether it was arranged. Now she has been cleared of any knowledge as to this being his plan um but we do know that his victims mark winnick 69 shari winnick 65 um and their daughter brooke who was 38 so the girl's two grandparents and mother then setting the house on fire we do know that he purchased a house just before a couple of days before he drove to California to kill them, he purchased a house where he blacked out all the windows. So it very much looks like his intention was to go and kidnap the 15 year old girl and bring her Jesus in. But obviously Christ. authorities were called and he was shot um, and she managed to get away unharmed. Well, physically unharmed, mentally, yeah. I'd say she you just wouldn't. Imagine the house back. beside you had just sold and the new owner appeared and was immediately sellotaping bin liners all around all of the windows yeah because that's really what like that's i saw a picture and he really um he really he just put up like sheets of craft paper do you know um it's not like it was just black cardboard just blacking out the windows and like you just go by and be like hey it's really nice to meet you and then being like is it it just that the house is just too light filled for your liking and the guy's like no it's just till i get the bunker ready and you're like okay and then you're like do you have planning permission for the uh for the underground chamber the death chamber because i'm going to be objecting to that it's wild isn't it and the fact that he's like a police officer so um the law enforcement agency that he worked for said that he did not show any concerning behaviors and no other employers disclosed any issues during his background checks. Like, how that does... is fucking wild. Yeah. A uh, um... quick creep update uh, mm-hmm. came in from a listener. It's very exciting for you, Jen. Um, but for all of us, Amelia Earhart update, dot, 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 maybe. Question mark. Okay. It was the coconut crabs, wasn't it? They confirmed it was. <laughs> no, it's that they think they found a bit of her plane. <gasps> where? Okay, not where they thought it was going to be. So <sighs> this is coming from Ashley, um, who actually has written up. So basically she was like, 
Um, been dying to tell you about this since Jen brought up Amelia Earhart a few episodes ago, but had to wait for the official publication. And there's a link to her article on the Penn <gasps> State University. Um, <gasps> her so, article. Yeah. So basically, well, so she gave me the TLDR, which might be for the best. And then we can we can post a link to the full article uh, to uh, big up a creep. So basically, she gives a little TLDR. About 30 years ago, an aluminium patch, so a piece of aluminium, was found on a small island that happens to be the closest land to the last radio ping from Earhart's plane. Yeah, that's right. Could be a retrofit for the rear window of her plane. So basically, that it wasn't original part of the plane, but that it might have been to patch up a part of the plane. So there's not enough evidence one way or another to say for sure, but now researchers at Penn State have used neutron radiography to reveal the first new information, a handful of text characters. They've placed, they've handed the images off to forensic analysis who will work to see if they can connect the text to manufacturing numbers, et cetera, to definitively say if this was or was not a part of Earhart's plane. Beyond Earhart. The Penn State researchers are now applying this technique to identify and investigate microplastics in water, soil, plants, and more. Ooh. And it's sad because this piece of aluminium has been like tumbling. This is the opening of her article. The aluminium panel is dull, corroded, and covered in a patina of scratches from tumbling around the Pacific Ocean, likely for decades before washing up on the small um atoll of Niku Maroro. I'm sure I've done a, a brilliant job of that there. Ten out of ten on that pronunciation. I, I, can't I don't think there's any residents living on that <laughs> island to disper dis, you know, to have to, to become annoyed with you. Yes, yes. So um isn't that mad that it's also that been is just fascinating. like does that mean does that put the her ocean? there on the island then? So that is proof that she was within kind of getting to the island distance if her plane went down there which means it's looking more and more likely that the coconut crafts were in fact <laughs> the reason for her death I'm more and more convinced every day more and more convinced anyway like Fairfax to Ashley and Thank you, Ashley that's pretty and, pretty amazing it? can't wait to read very that cool. very very cool okay, okay. speaking time of science travelers. it's time to get into my time travel machine and I've got to introduce you to a man Like, there's many, many men obsessed with time travel and maybe like three women on the Internet. And um, there's a lot of angry back and forth going on about it. There's a very small handful of people so dedicated to this topic that they end up putting their lives on the line for what they believe in, mm-hmm. which is that time travel is possible. Um, yes. And one such gentleman uh, is who we're going to be talking about today. And his no- his name, which he did choose himself, is the madman, Mike Markham. So he absolutely <laughs> put his madman, life on the line. Mike Markham. Or Mike the madman Markham, whichever. Okay. He, he wanted madman in there. And uh, he became then the center of one of the strangest time travel mysteries on the internet. And Do in tell life. us more. The year was 1995. Ooh, early internet. It was early internet days, but it was um, big radio days, as we'll go on to speak about in a minute. So Michael, or Mike, was just at home 
And uh, he was in his early 20s and was uh, suffering a bit from look just a touch of law of a long term unemployment. And he had spent a few years studying for an electrical engineering major and believed that as long as he could find a way to fund his private work, that he would be able to stumble across a great invention that would allow him to travel into the future to collect the lottery ticket, the lottery numbers, Mm -hmm. return to the present and, you know, get his great fortune he did have an idea for his great fortune and he wanted to build like labs and he had a like he had other he just needed a big investor Cass yeah relatable you know that feeling Mm. and uh, so he was uh, doing a lot of playing with himself and his uh, tinkering I would say around this time and some of his mates were like tinkering with yourself should be the new phrase for it shouldn't it just a little tinkering yes having a tinker sounds like you're kind of trying out new methods maybe using your other hand exactly i'm sure he's doing all of the above uh what he was also (laughs) doing was messing around with uh this electrical design and you might remember it from school it's called the jacob's ladder so it's a simple little electrical device little for the most part uh that kind of demonstrate the movements of electricity when paired with rising hot air so the physics description is the transformer is located at the bottom of the jacob's ladder two metal kind of poles coming down like this and uh it creates so the idea is it creates a difference between the two wires that are positioned vertically and parallel to each other and due to this potential difference the electrons which the charge goes up from the bottom start to repel each other causing them to jump from one wire to the other and then they get as far apart as possible. You've seen it in your mind's eye, haven't you? Like an arc of electricity coming across mm. two metal posts. Now, oh, uh, yeah. you know it. So the thing about this, the traditional Jacob's Ladder is uh, that eventually it gets to the top and it no longer can jump. So it begin, the current runs back down again and it starts from the, from the bottom. So an arc of electricity going, going up like a ladder. Yeah. So he was like, I am very interested in this. And specifically, oh, sorry, I forgot to tell you about the hot air. So the hot air uh, also, (laughs) so hot air rises. So the spark begins to rise with the air and it ascends vertically. And um, anyway, so eventually the spark will die when it gets to the top. So our friend Michael was like, I think I can jimmy this into something different. And he started messing with his Jacob's Ladder and he took apart his old CD player, used the CD laser from that, the little thing that reads the CDs. And uh, he was like, I'm going to help reduce the air resistance between the two wires and create, he wanted to create a continuous arc of electricity without the the connection being severed. And he was able to do that. And he claimed to have witnessed something remarkable. So, Michael claimed that the electric arc begin to form what he described as a vortex, uh, that slightly distorted light, and appeared to have been almost three-dimensional in appearance. And he was like, what the fuck is this? And so he took a little screw. Did he have his little thing? Was it like a little tabletop size? or was it Absolutely so. It was 100% tabletop, like this size. Okay. It's just on his table. And he had a little screw there um, and he was like, I'm just going to throw this into what looks like a vortex here in front of me. And he did. And the fucking thing vanished into thin air. Ah! 
And he was like, oh my God, I have created or witnessed something very strange. And initially he was like, okay, so what have I created here? Is it some sort of primitive death ray? Have I just completely destroyed the screw and I just can no longer see it because of that? And as he was thinking, a few seconds passed and the fucking screw suddenly reappeared, dropped the, reappeared in the center of the vortex and dropped down. So he was like, well, I think it's confirmed here that I have witnessed time travel, time travel. Correct. But how did, this, I, fact, how did this screw <laughs> return to the future? How did he know what the screw had seen? Mm. So or where it his, had been? Well, that, so his theory was that uh, he, so the screw went somewhere, we don't know. And then time caught up to it and it dropped. Like we, do you know what I mean? Uh, we caught up yeah. to the screw. Yeah, checks uh, out, checks out. It just checks out. I agree. Yeah. It completely checks out. This feels 100% like science. And um, <laughs> Michael was extremely excited. And he was also like very determined to upgrade the small tabletop version of Michael's Jacob's Ladder into yeah. an enormous life-size human version. Yeah, you fucking and need that. It's 100% time to scale this shit up. And he was, the idea was that he would send himself to the future and complete his plan, the lotto. So without wasting any time, he took off in his car in the dead of night and began to cruise around. Now, at this point, he, he was like, I have to break the law. I have no money and I need these enormous transformers to generate enough electricity to send me into the future. And he knew that it was going to cost him over 20 grand to buy these things legitimately. So mm-hmm. he said to himself, I will absolutely steal them. He needed Michael's super backer. <laughs> Yes, he did. Uh, he, But he didn't have anyone. He's, his mates at this point, he was in his early 20s, you know, yourself. They're all just working in extra vision. Useless and broke. So he spent several hours casing the area and scouting this area of a local power station. And he found six inactive transformers. They are enormous. They each weighed 300 pounds. And um, they're capable of generating several times the energy he required for the experiment to succeed in his home but he decided I'm taking all of them because <laughs> better safe than sorry and what's <laughs> home how many were there the total six 300 pounds each amazing big huge what looks like air conditioning units but they're transformers so he stole them all brought them home and begun to connect them up to the house's power lines out the front and he constructed his new and improved Jacob's Ladder. It was obviously several times larger than the desktop mm-hmm. version and incredibly dangerous. But he hadn't switched it on yet. So he was getting ready to jump into what he was ready to see, which was going to be the stream, the arc of electricity and the three dimensional vortex. And he flipped the switch and that led to a massive city, half the city blackout. Of course. So not only did it shut down the electrical grid, it fucking sent, it sent everyone's home appliances into disarray and broke a load of shit. And he was like, oh, I've made an app. That now was a mistake. You know, and uh, (laughs) that was a boo-boo. 
bit of a mistake there. And he was outside in his shed, which is where all this he'd traditionally done his experimenting. So he just sort of left the shed, clicked the door behind him and headed back into his gaff, hoping nobody was going to pin this shit on him. But the problem with Michael was he lived with his roommate and himself and the roommate did not get on. And the roommate was all up in Michael's business and knew well. He sure he'd seen him coming in with these big machines and he was like, I'm going to find out what that is. (laughs) And he was looking through the window at the time. So Michael's roommate called the police. (coughs) What a rat. What a rat. And uh, the police arrested him. And he... Oh, God. I know. Immediately they were like, well, you can't be at this. First of all, you've stolen all this shit. Secondly, Mm. you've put the city into madness here. You're a devil and you're going to jail. So oh. during his trial, he received a very, very lackadaisical for the USA, 60 days in Jane, jail. Uh, even though he's found with these thousands of dollars. 60 days in Jane would be good. Yeah, poor Jane. Never <laughs> removing so flaccid, hard, flaccid again. 60 days. <laughs> so uh, he was like, why? I hear you ask yourself, why now? Would he receive so little? And the reason for that was that during the trial, um, Michael was interviewed or asked a number of questions. And uh, he begun, after after admitting what he had done, to talk about his time traveling event, you know, tr- uh, trials. And the judge was like, you, Michael. Or a madman. Or you must be suffering some period of delusion here and kind of took pity on him and said like, oh, look, I don't think he's a danger anymore. You know, I am also kind of somewhat interested in what you have to say. I'll just let you off for 60 days and just don't be at it again. And Michael's like, Grant, no problem. So the local newspaper obviously got wind of this and we're like, this is gas. And rang, ran a sort of tongue in cheek article about this fucking, you know, Michael and his time machine and, uh, and explaining why the half the city went out in the blackout. And uh, then that kind of garnered a bit of attention and it garnered the attention of this radio host by the name of Art Bell, who had a show much like this one, the paranormal and supernatural radio show and on uh, Coast to Coast AM. And he reached out to Michael and said, will you come on and talk about all your stuff? And Michael was like, I absolutely will, because I'm needing funding. I want to create this in a safe way. I don't want anyone suffering, only me. And he agreed to come on to the show. (laughs) And it went initially badly. So uh, part of the show was that people would phone in and talk to Michael. And he started sort of getting, you know, trolled initially. And it was not going well. But then during, he was speaking quite eloquently and he brought up a, have you ever heard of this, Philadelphia experiment no it, it, it was way back in 1943 and it's an experiment that was apparently to take place by the US Army where they apparently succeeded in disappearing a naval ship <gasps> and um, if there's various kind of reports about this how would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And whether it did or didn't happen, uh, the crew on board the ship that disappeared apparently suffered long-term side effects. Some of the stories of teleportation were mental. Some people uh, said that during the time that it disappeared, when it reappeared, they were fused to part of the bulkhead in the ship. There was oh, mad no. stories. Nausea mm. sounds was dreadful, apparently, from this kind of time travel. Which, sorry, so the disappearing of the ship and reappearing far away. So time travel. So anyway, Michael was talking about that story and uh, it's then this caller, the tone of the callers begun to change. And a lot of people began calling in sort of support of Michael a bit. And it was the tide was changing when they received a call from an unknown man. And uh, he began to support many of Michael's claims and that the listeners begun to believe what Michael was saying. And it turned out the caller, the unnamed caller, was actually Michael's arresting officer. So he'd help provide an additional details around the case as well as what Michael's lab looked like and he talked about Michael's he'd built all these kind of you know didgeridoos and gidgery watsits all around the place like electronic cigarette lights made from broken parts of an old microwave he had this electronic piggy bank designed and programmed by him that kept track of all the money he was putting into it and uh, along with loads of other kind of Weird and wonderful uh, inventions. Super useful stuff. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. Hugely. <laughs> believe. He, uh, what's so funny is that the leap from like a piggy bank that counts the coins to time travel is just yes. way too intense. But anyway, so then the tone change and Art Bell, the, the guy who was hosting the show, is like, well, like, uh, is there anyone out there who'd want to get in codes with Michael? Does anyone... Like, is anyone on the same page here? Maybe you could kind of hive mind this. This sounds kind of amazing. And also started like saying like, okay, well, we have this GoFundMe. If, well, like it was 1995. So he was like, okay, let's get, her, get a bit of money going for my, Michael as well. But also it was quite clearly an incredibly dangerous kind of things that he was suggesting. And I'm sure this guy, Art Bell, was like, look, Michael, if... 
maybe we could build up to the time travel like with the funds maybe maybe we could do this under like supervision and we could get a few physics teachers in on this somebody and, else uh, yeah and like make it more safe and please michael don't time travel without me there and michael's like okay it's a deal he said he'd call this guy art it when the day came that he was ready to do it but he also said he was going to bring one thing on his journey and that thing was going to be his cell phone. And that was going to be his kind of documentation device when he's gone. And, you know, obviously pen and paper, not good enough for the lottery numbers needed the old mm-hmm. Nokia 3210. Yeah. So un- indestructible. And he was right to be kind of planning to bring that, that item as well. So several months later, uh, Michael would contact Art Bell to tell him about his new and improved time machine. And he'd built it with the help of others who believed that uh, whatever this, there was kind of some, there was some copper lining involved. There was crystals and there was also, they had a new plan to create free energy. And once he'd figured out how to tap into the unlimited infinite zero point vacuum energy, um, Michael said then that this design would and anyone in the world could, would be able to use it. So he had to kind of, yeah, Art Bell was like, look, Michael, it all sounds, uh, that sounds great. How are you getting on with the time machine? Yeah, and, just focus, um, Michael, focus. Exactly. That sounds great, uh, but back into kind of thing. And Michael was like, look, I'm nearly ready, but I want to, I need more help. So he, and I, he uh, over the radio, he said his address. He was like, here's my telephone number please come and help me, please call and support me. But what he'd done there was open the floodgate for every bloody arsehole to come to Michael's house. And they did. (gasps) So Michael begun to kind of take this fucking mad parties going on in Michael's house. Michael was just out in his shed (laughs) doing his tinkering. And there was lunatics all kind of, you know, losing the head in his living room. And that's, that's, then, hang on. So after that kind of real life trolling that was going on his gaff, he was like, I need to get rid of these people out of my gaff. He went back into this, his own living room. Couch had disappeared. Several people then started telling uh, Michael that the couch must have teleported and disappeared through time to a suddenly <laughs> open vortex. And Michael looked throughout the house, was it was unable to find his couch. A little bit uh, but soon after... Yes, soon after Michael completely disappeared and uh, stopped contacting Art Bell. Um, Arts, obviously, Michael had changed his number because the number no longer was in operation. The house was no longer under his name. Michael had disappeared. And several years later, a listener of Art Bell's radio show called into the show and asked him about the story of Michael and asked, you know, what whatever seemed to have happened with the time machine and he was like I have a strange story for you Art so he told the listeners that he'd looked into the story of Michael and figured out what a possibility of what might have happened to him so the phone number well wait for this so after suddenly disappearing one day uh uh, obviously, the kind of a frenzied chit chat about the time machine. So uh, the caller called in and said that I have a theory, Art Bell, of what might have happened to Michael. 
So apparently there was a body that police had discovered in the 1930s on a <gasps> Californian beach. Yes. Right. And after an autopsy report was made, excuse me, it appeared that the man who fit the description of Michael, who looks, by the way, quite unique. He has very long red hair. He's a kind of of a small stature, gentleman, beard. Um, so quite kind of, you know, identifiable. So this body was found crushed to death from all angles as if it had been placed inside some sort of tightening metal tube. And even weirder, the man's body was found with a strange plastic and metal device that (gasps) looked eerily similar to a cell phone from 1995. (gasps) Uh, Yes, given the impossible to explain similarities between the body's description and Michael's, along with the fact that he claimed that the only thing he was going to bring with him into his his time machine was a phone, uh, everybody, including Art Bell, began to wonder whether the body that was found in 1930 was in fact Michael's fucking body after succeeding in traveling back in time. So Amazing. Kind of, Do you have any pictures? Mad, I need uh, to find pictures. Google Michael Markham or Mike Madman Markham. So, so after that kind of mad twist to the story, that kind of generated a load of internet excitement, but also excitement into the radio show. And like tons of different places, websites and articles, YouTube channels talking about the event. So the truth behind Michael Markham's disappearance is way less fantastic than people were hoping. So he had been a frequent member and user of a website known as Paranormal Forum, Mike. And he would post there really frequently, updating his followers from time to time about his travel theories, about his time machine and his devices. And after some problems, financial problems, he decided he would move away and live in Hawaii. And to provide himself a much needed break, find a new home. And once he moved to Hawaii, everything that's happened over the past few years hit, caused him, you know, all the kind of emotional baggage of it all. He lost all his money. He kind of uh, faced even a fucking shittier financial situation. And he is still there to this day. He lives in Hawaii. He's very hard up on his look and definitely uh, is using all the money he can to fund his, you know, return to the mainland of the US and wants to reignite his time travel experiments. But it's all very interesting and fascinating. And that's the story of Mike Madman Markham. Well done. That was brilliant. I did that, 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 well, you know, he's alive and well, and that's good. And well, well, he's alive. Great. He's alive. But uh, that, that little, that little twist of the body found fascinating. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. God, I'm that. very kind of like my adrenaline's pumping. <laughs> I'm a bit upset about Hawaii now, to be honest. I like, know. Not did ideal, you come across nice? this little bit? I was just looking for a picture of him and there's a bit talking about how in amongst his troubles, he got evicted from that apartment for allegedly transporting a cat a block away. Look, he didn't get the name Madman for nothing. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Well, let's take this back in time. This opportunity 
Do, do we have any tickets left, by the way, to our live shows, lads? Do you know what? We probably do. And I will put them out publicly. So now. this is our Christmas excitement in the Bernard Shaw, the 6th and the 7th of December. Yeah. I, I, Cass, I think we, yeah. And I, I think we only have a few tickets. That's as is always week. the case. Yeah. As is always the case, the patrons hoovered up the majority of them. There is a uh, lot so, of tickets were sold. All right. I, yeah. So me... um, we might just put the whatever's left up and we get a few of you in. It's always a brilliant night. Do come. And particularly Christmassy. So good. Are we going to do teamy Christmas teamy or is it a bit soon? I, I decided I'm going to go fucking balls to the wall on Christmas this year. Okay. I just fucking need it so bad. I'm feeling very cavalier about my personal safety at the moment because I'm so bogged down with work that like I'm sleeping with the door open in the barn just to make it not a good idea for like if the maniac would like to come in and do a murder. I just that's fine. Do it. Then I don't have to meet this deadline. Your manuscript could be found nearby. Yeah. And somebody would be like, Jesus, thank God she didn't unleash this on the world. So. Oh, well, we do very few tickets left, but I'm going to post them onto Instagram. Get them up, girl. Does anyone Thank have a little you. nugget to take us home? Go, go on. on. Okay. Here we go. Sharks. Did you ever hear about the 3,000-year-old victim of a shark attack? No. Oh. Yeah. So basically, uh, they found fossils of human remains of a poor old 3000 year old skeleton named <sighs> number 24 catchy name rude um yeah and they believe that he was a victim of a shark attack because the skeleton was gashed and punctured imagine like that's how deep these bites were that the bones had deep incised cuts, gouges and fractures. I'm amazed the shark didn't eat him. And you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I know. But like it could, could have been, even could have been a bit stuff. of flesh then spit the bones out. Or that he lived or he or she lived for a period of time trying to get away and then died think, on a rock and was fossilized. It, yeah. Incredibly, the scientists are actually able to tell that poor old number 24 was alive at the time of the attack. Oh, God. It's yeah. not a good way to go. And so is that's it? they and the reason they think would say not a good look. Not a good way to go. Right. No. Not a good way to go. Ah. Oh. And they said there were bite marks on the wrists and the hips. Poor old number 24's right arm and left hand, which is clear missing. And he was buried with his left leg on top of him. Bloody hell. And the concentration of the attack was on his lower body, which, and we know that sharks like to attack from below. Absolutely. They don't just come walking up beside you, balancing. Or from above. Which would be incredibly tactical. Sharks from above. Now, there's actually a documentary about sharks attacking from above. It's called Sharknado. Um, and so yes yeah 
the injuries on his hands show that poor old number 24 was trying to defend himself. Probably how he lost some of his limbs and uh, in from... vain. We all know, though, the, here's what you're supposed to do, apparently. Oh, is it vigorously them rub snout? them on the nose? Vigorous rubbing vigorously on the rub nose. them. Do you not punch them? Mm. Well, I thought you whatever, whacked them on the either snout. or. That's all they're, it's highly sensitive. I, I imagine in my head, like the, the front part of, that's like a big clitoris. So yes, that's punching true. rather than vis- vigorously rubbing, I guess, would be a getaway rather than arousal. Which but also, be... and so this led me on to my shark facts, um, of which I have many here today now. So if you were, went to rub them, you know that it hurts to rub a shark's skin. Because... It hurts your hand, Soph. Yeah. But they're scaly, yeah. yeah. Aren't yeah, they? No, they're like not teeth. scaly. They they're rough looking. Their 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 skin is made of like all something close to like micro teeth. Okay, here we go. Did you know shark embryos attack each other? In the that's womb, that's right. They eat so their siblings. Fucking they are metal. like I know they're that so... like the PR about sharks has been bad, but it's warranted. It's they happening. are cunts. Yeah, they're vicious fucking predators that have you know no love. So a shark, shark babies are called a litter. Cute. Have you ever seen right. them? They they form in these little looks like little pla- little plastic bags. Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen them? They're kind of see through, and the little embryos inside them. And uh, basically, the largest embryo in a shark litter is often known to eat its fellow embryos in an act that is called, oh, it's going to be hard. Let's try it. Intrauterine. 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 Look at her go. She's not even looking at the word. Intrauterine cannibalism. Yes. And yeah, so the research has said that often you might have like a dozen litter mates on the start of the journey and then all but one will be devoured by the biggest in the pack. Fucking and, amazing, isn't it? Yeah, fucking amazing. Sharks pregnant for two years. Fucking hell. <sighs> Crushing. Crushing. Game of Thrones and Fight Club happening inside you. you uh, exactly. Although, like, yeah, you'd nearly be like in cahoots with that big ass shark embryo to be like, yeah, get rid of the others. Just, as many as possible. Yeah, just let's try and, you know, just, just, just one birth would be fine. You know what I mean? Okay. Yes. They can also have, they have a six, six, okay so basically they can you've probably heard this one before they can tap into small electrical fields that other animals generate do you know that that's how they hunt isn't that crazy I feel like, like Jen does know all of this yeah yeah totally but now it just turns out you could just be completely still in the water and you'd just be there innocently emitting your small electrical field and the yeah. fucking shark knows about it and um yeah so uh not much you can do not much you can do they have what how they detect the electrical fields is that they have these tiny organs called the ampullae of lorenzini which Hmm. sounds like a delicious pasta dish but it (laughs) It is actually yeah small pores located near their nostrils around, Mm. around the whole head and beneath their snout and it's like a kind of second sight that's why we're fucking punching them in it yes and the pores connect to these long jelly filled bulbs that connect to the nerves just below their skull 
and like fuck me that's kind of cool okay hammerhead sharks have to be one of the best looking animals of all time yeah absolutely mm-hmm. big funny head very aggressive they have fucking 3,000 of these little ampular pores for picking up the electrical fields in the ocean and they have 360 degree vision from their it's... eyes on either end of the hammers yes it's amazing isn't it amazing it's totally Imagine bizarre giving birth to a hammerhead I good question how That's does it strange come out it's just yeah oh yeah female sharks usually fuckload bigger than the males boom mm. This is probably partly because they're carrying the shark babies and all the shark babies are like feuding inside them. Um, there is 500 species of shark. Did we know? What's your favorite shark? Do you have a favorite? The great white. Really? They're, they're incredible. Incredible predatory hunters. All their fucking teeth, their rows and rows of teeth that come out at every hunt, but all just... Like they have never ending teeth growth, you know, the way we have two sets of teeth. They just have, t- and they're, and they're, um, do you know what you're saying about their scales? Yeah. I, I believe them to be a type of tooth. So much like the scales on their, that kind of shape curls That's around it. and it, yeah. they are their teeth. And uh, the total dislocation bit of, of their whole inner mouth. I love everything about them. They're <laughs> fucking amazing. And they're yeah. violent and aggressive and they have no feelings for other animals, obviously. But do you remember um, I was talking about the uh, the back when we did the kind of orca chat mm. and great whites can, uh, there's never been a great white successfully h- held in captivity. And that's another part of it I find fucking amazing that they just will not be contained. <laughs> They'll, they immediately <laughs> die. So um, you'll, you'll see all manner of sharks in captivity, but never great white. There hasn't been, I think the, the longest one that lived in captivity was like two weeks. And it, it was just to like, it was like oh. rolling over. Yeah. It was like, I'm not doing this. Um, great whites are snaky snakes. You know that they don't crush. the like, so like the bull shark will like clamp onto their prey and just crush them like a vice whereas great whites come along take a bite out of you then pull back and let you bleed to death before they'll eat the rest of you so grim isn't it it's terrible isn't it now here's something a little bit comforting lightning strikes are more deadly than shark attacks how interesting so uh, but how more likely how much more likely Okay, yeah. so basically in the US, there's like an average of 19 shark attacks each year and one fatal shark attack every two years. Okay, so that's like basically half a person dies each year from a fatal shark attack, whereas uh, lightning strikes kill more than 37 people each year. Wow, that's interesting. In Canada, one person dies a year from being run over by a moose. Exactly. Well, I'm not exactly. surprised. I presume that like that's shocking that it's not more. Don't you so think? So mooses kill more people than sharks. Well, like, sharks in the US. Sharks. You know, what's the shark figure globally? Globally. Oh, come on now. I did pretty well to rustle it up that fast from the US. Do you know who else is a bigger bitch than a shark? Yeah. A hippo. Yeah. Oh, hippos are yeah. fucking lethal. Don't go near a hippo. Apparently. Very amazing. Nearly 3,000 40 people. kilometers an hour they can run. No shit. God, that that really doesn't track 
in terms of visuals, you would never think And of. so they can run underwater. So they just sink immediately to the bottom and start like careering under the water towards you. Ooh, fucking hell. Oh my God. Yeah. Imagine seeing There's that thousands dead a year from hippos. They're well, the, that's what I, I, I think. Say. Yeah. Here, I have to talk. Africa annually. Amazing. Deer, lovely deer, are, oh, deer. are responsible for the deaths of 130 people per year. Usually because the fucking deers are strolling out, much like the moose, strolling out in front of the cars. Car collision. Um, and do you know how many people cows kill every year? Tons. Oh, is that all? Fascinating. Yeah. Come here to me. I yeah. have the list of the world's deadliest animals updated of 2022. Uh, this list is based on the number of human deaths per year. Um uh and 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 what's the deadliest creatures would you like the t- would you okay. would you like let's to get okay. top five let's start it with let's start at five. Oh let well let's get I will give okay hippos is number 10 and according to this 500 people daddy every year for hippos special shout out number nine you should get this you've mentioned them enough times think Dark. small think <laughs> long tapeworms Oh, fascinating. Tapeworms in at number nine. At number eight, we have crocodiles. Yeah. Killing a thousand people per year. I bet all wow. thousand of them are in Florida, in Disneyland. Yes. Um, Children snatched from beaches. Remember that one, so? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, terrifying. Desperate. Uh, in at number, what did they say there? That was number eight. And at number seven, a scary's roundworms with two and a half thousand people. I don't know what they are, but now I'm going to be afraid of them. Number six, I don't know either. T S E T S E flies. Titsy fly. Yes. And just above that's at 10,000. And then at number five for 12,000 deaths per year, assassin bugs. Okay. Top four. Guess this one. 20,000 deaths per year. Oh. I don't think there's an, any circumstances you're going to guess this. Well, it's not going to be mosquitoes, but mosquitoes are going to be number she one. She invites us to guess it and then announces that we don't have 20, it I just want to build up moment. I want okay. to build up the suspense uh, What kind here. of, are we talking mammal, insect? Where are we? Uh, I, I think we're talking insect. We're talking curly. We're talking small. We're talking slimy. Oh, uh, oh, Lyme's disease. Is it a, is it a, um, what do you call those things? Or a tick or a leech or something like that? No, no. Uh, okay. What is it? This is curly like, worm? it's like a garden variety creature, snail. but this one is in the sea. Yes. No, it's not the sea. It's in a freshwater. It's a freshwater snail. Um, fascinating. <laughs> 20,000 deaths per year. Freshwater snails. 30,000 deaths per... What? I don't know. Uh, I only have the list in front of me and I have the figures. I'm not getting into why. Um, if I hover over it, it just says freshwater snails and a larger font. Um, in at number three, devastating. I don't want to reveal this, but I'm going to push this down probably to the dogs. rabies and wild ones. Dogs. Coyotes are probably included in that. Coyote ate my baby. Um, that's actually very insensitive, but uh, yes, coyote dogs number three, 30,000 deaths per year. That's a lot. RIP. 
Um, in at number two, uh, stress is. Give us yes. a hint. Malaria. Mosquito. Snakes. Snakes. Snakes is number two. Snakes is number two at 100,000 deaths per year of humans. Snakes. We're so and, thankful for St. Patrick, aren't we, after everything? Uh, blessed. And in at number one, at a million deaths per year, you already guessed it. It is, of course, the small but deadly mosquito. Mosquito. Fuck you, malaria. Incredible, isn't it? That little bastard. Wild. Um, so RIP to all those people who um, died this year <laughs> from mosquitoes, snails, uh, dogs, um, hippos, tapeworms, crocodiles, elephants, only 500 people. Lions only kill 250 people per year. Um, buffaloes, 200 deer are on the list and bees are also on the list, but not within the top 10. Thank you. <gasps> Shout out to stastata.com. <laughs> Um, cool, thrilling. That's thrilling. our episode, cool. lads. That's the creep dive, and a big thank you to everyone who's tagged us in their Spotify roundups and that terrifying amount of time. Well, I'm glad of it that people have spent listening to us, uh, and it worries me to think of of everything we've said having gone into people's heads. But sure, this is it. Here we are. Fool me Here once. We are now. Did everyone on the top of their list have their sleeping podcasts? <laughs> Oh, I yeah. have, I, I my... have five podcasts in the top five, obviously, three of which are my like, you know, weekly rotations and two of which are just I was like, oh, wow, I just sleep to those. And they're the top <laughs> two spaces. Yeah, I th- mine. I and have one like is the meditations um... that came through on my top on my playlist and as music ah. really cool vibe Um there yeah there's there's the meditations and the podcasts sometimes meditations are in the music category interesting so final (sighs) shark fact for you particularly jen yeah fifty thousand teeth in a lifetime incredible i would love that sophie i would love it like in a conveyor belt system yeah i know i wish in the back of the shark's jaw ready to replace the guys up front whenever they get damaged or it's not. my actual fantasy i could Born burn through this set no i could just hammer through my own teeth with no fear mm. because more no were fear. coming no fear. Um, god bless everyone thanks for listening see you over on the hive uh and come to our christmas show yeah yeah the tickets are posted now on the adios and enjoy mm-hmm. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.